This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 34 of the UU Perspective podcast, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you're already a member or a seeker exploring the faith, there is something here for everyone. So as you sit, walk, jog, or drive, enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. Before I introduce my guest, I want to do a shout out to Elizabeth Gustwick. She took up my request last week and actually gave me quite a few names to search, research, and check out. And we are going to have probably those people on the show. And I appreciate the effort that you put into it, Elizabeth. And for anyone else out there, you know what? Everyone has something to say. So if you or if you know of anyone who would be interested in being interviewed for the UU Perspective podcast, please put a shout out my way. You can just send me a request at questions at uuperspective.com. Uh, you can also leave me a message on SpeakPipe, and that's on our website at uuperspective.com. So again, I look forward to hearing from you and really appreciate the fact that you are listening. And especially those overseas, I would love to interview someone uh, from the Philippines or from France or Germany, just anywhere overseas would be wonderful. So get back to me and let me know if you want to be on the UU Perspective podcast. Opus number three, the final installment. These are the participants of Summer Opus 2015. And today you're going to hear from Michaela and Brian. From young to bridging out, you're going to hear a wealth of information and interesting conversations from coming into the faith to looking for the faith overseas and just how it enriches their lives. So sit back and relax. And here we go first off with Michaela. What's your name? Michaela Corcoran. Are you, you're the first UU in your family, is that correct? I am the first and only Unitarian Universalist in my okay, family. Okay, cool. And how did you find UUism? Uh, when I was younger, I was about 14 at the time, um, a good friend of mine asked if I wanted to go to youth group at her, uh, she described it, weird church. <laughs> and I was not sold on the idea <laughs> based on that. But I knew this friend through an alternative education program that focused on scholastic arts and global education. Mm -hmm. So we both shared certain values about the world and how we wanted to live our lives. So I knew that she wouldn't be a part of anything that would make me uncomfortable. I knew that it wouldn't be a conventional church just based Mm -hmm. on her personality. So I felt comfortable enough to go and try it out and really enjoyed my experience in youth group as a means of meeting and connecting with other like-minded people who intellectually um, and in terms of values I I connected with. We had a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. And then through being involved in the youth group, we started to do a few different things with the congregation. Like I did start to attend some Sunday services 
and really enjoyed those really found them interesting found them engaging found them relevant most of all mm -hmm. um, with what I wanted to do with my life and with what I was already doing with my life and so after that point um, I just started going regularly to both church and youth group and from there became more involved with the community as I grew older what had you seek for something different like what were you looking for My mother is a spiritual person and my family is spiritual, but not religious. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I did, I've always had a sense of wonder about the world and I have always experienced some connection with a higher power, but I also wanted the worshipful aspect of that. I did want a way to practice connection with other people and connection with that spirituality and ways to do religion, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, or mm -hmm. ways to kind of manifest my spirituality. Um, and so I remember in one of the first services that I went to, I loved the part of the service where you go and you light a candle and it's while music is played and it's just a very simple but profound part of the service mm -hmm. and that really touched me that it wasn't it wasn't overbearing it wasn't strictly religious but it was for me a very very spiritual experience and so i think what led me to unitarian universalism was wanting to find a faith and do church so to speak in a way that i was comfortable with Okay, okay. What have you found to be the most interesting activities that you've been involved in so far? I would say conferences. There's really nothing like them. Mm -hmm. And as much as you, as much as I enjoy uh, services on Sunday morning, there's really nothing like a conference. When a group of people gathers together, it can be very, very impactful. And in certain cases for me has been absolutely life changing mm -hmm. over the course of a weekend or four mm -hmm. days. And that's incredible when you think about it. <laughs> is this your first opus? This is my first opus. Mm -hmm. I've been to other young adult conferences and I did a lot of youth stuff, a lot of youth conferences, but this is my first opus. And what have you gotten out of opus so far? I'm really loving it. Um, I was a little apprehensive at first because I can sometimes feel overwhelmed in large groups and there's also a spirit of what can be radical inclusivity. So sometimes it's hard to take the space to be like, I'm actually just gonna read my book right now or I'm, I'm gonna have some quiet space. And even if the community encourages that in the form of self-care, but it can be hard to really feel comfortable taking care of yourself and, and doing what you need. And it's just been an incredibly welcoming and opening space in that respect and has also, just the community has met my needs in a way that I hadn't dreamed of. Like my opus wish was to have a conversation about polyamory because I know that there are a lot of polyamorous people here mm -hmm. okay. and the community has a lot of wisdom to offer on that subject. And yesterday as a surprise, I was sitting in a hammock and a group of people came over 
to speak to me about it, one person in particular, and then more and more members of the community joined in and they had their own questions and it just became such a wonderful conversation. And over the course of three hours, it, it was just absolutely transformative for me to learn about that in a safe way and to ask questions that I've always wanted to ask. And going forward, it's I feel so grateful to have had that conversation. And it was just absolutely wonderful that on the, the second day of Opus, like a dream came true for me. It sounds corny, <laughs> but it was just really, really wonderful. So you feel real supported in that area now? I do feel extremely well supported. And I love that the community offers the opportunity to ask for what you want and to mm -hmm. ask for what you need. And later today, someone gave me one of their wishes to fulfill, and it's to walk in the beautiful woods around a camp holding someone's hand, and just being able to give someone that is just lovely. That's, that's a wonderful thing to ask for, and I, it's so simple, and yet it's something that at Opus, it takes on a, a magical quality yeah. when, it's, when the wish like that is fulfilled. So you have wishes that you have during the week and they can be fulfilled by any person? Yes. So within our touch groups, we um, are asked to think of an Opus wish and you have a little bit of time to think about it. And then um, they're given to the touch group leader and then distributed kind of amongst the community based on, oh, so-and-so would be a good person to fulfill this wish. Or, mm. um, so it's kind of a nice way that we're all able to connect and it almost has a secret Santa aspect to it, but it's just a really sweet way to meet other people and to be able to get the most out of the experience. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, tell me how your family has reacted to you becoming a UU. Well, my mother is very supportive. And one thing that I particularly appreciate is I absolutely love to go to the Christmas Eve service at our church, mm -hmm. which is... Um, it's usually uh, just a candlelit service, singing our favorite hymns from different holidays and different traditions. And it's just a really lovely time. And her coming to that with me has become something of a tradition as well. So within our own family, even though she herself does not attend church or go to Unitarian events or even identify as Unitarian Universalist, mm -hmm. it's a welcoming enough faith that she can comfortably join me at a special time of the year and celebrate my beliefs and my connection with the community. Um, outside of my mom, I think it's a little bit difficult for my family to understand. And it is typically Unitarian stuff is kind of hard to explain. So the faith itself, um, it just inevitably sounds like a cult sometimes when you're describing <laughs> it to people who aren't particularly in the know. Mm -hmm. And there's no easy, convenient tagline for Unitarian Universalism. So sometimes... I think it's confusing for both my family and my friends to hear that, yes, I have services on Sunday, but then I go to like summer camps in the middle of Ohio for a week to do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's hard to reconcile. Like, if you can't explain some of the more theological aspects, mm -hmm. which within Unitarian Universalism are... Mm -hmm different for everyone to a certain extent. You can't explain those. It's hard to connect them with some of the more concrete material mm -hmm. 
portions of the faith, like the chalice, for example, even just explaining that is, um, can be confusing for people. So I'd say ultimately, I think typically there's a little bit of confusion when I say that I'm a Unitarian Universalist or people just haven't heard of it mm -hmm. or um, they know it as a reoccurring joke on The Simpsons. Oh my, <laughs> okay. Like wow. The reactions. So for, my family is supportive, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they are fully understand it despite my best efforts so it tends to be a very individualized thing for me okay. it's something that I carry alone and I'm comfortable doing that okay perfect so uh, here's a question I like to ask all my guests and it is how is Unitarian Universalism uniquely as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society mm, that's a great question I mean I think that I wouldn't necessarily say first and foremost, but I think that a really foundational aspect of the faith is embedded in social justice. That's a part of all of our principles to a certain extent. And so I think going forward, even if there isn't one particular issue that Unitarian Universalists champion, and within the community, obviously, many of us have different opinions about different issues and different experiences with our activism, um, I think that we're all committed to thinking critically about the causes that we support and to doing some good in the world and to being really conscious about what it is that we're doing and how we're bringing about that good. And I love that about the community. I love that it's not just this year the church is going to fundraise for Free the Children. And Free the Children is a wonderful cause, but... You, you have to be a little bit more mindful than just like, we're going to build a school. And so, so many members of this community, the work that they do just happens to align with the faith in terms of being really socially conscious, being really societally conscious of what's going on around us and ways that we choose to live our lives in terms of maybe how we react to situations in the world or like that extra patience when someone is like pushing you in line at the grocery store, things like that, compassionate ways that we're able to live the faith. I think that Unitarian Universalists don't do things because we're Unitarian Universalists. I think that the faith just tends to align with what we want to see from the world and how we want to go about affecting change and being responsible in how we do that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that uh, feels really good, but also is a really important and mindful practice for the members of the community. Mm -hmm. All right, well said, yes. Thank you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Michaela. That was very informative. Appreciate you. you taking the time to do this. Okay. The one lone Unitarian. Maybe I'll play this interview for my family. Maybe they'll understand it better. And lastly, to finish up our Opus 2015 interviews, we'll have Brian Tiedemann. Now, are you a lifelong UU? I am. Okay. Um, I, uh, I grew up uh, just outside of Chicago. And uh -huh. luckily, um, I feel very lucky and privileged that I was uh, raised a UU. So I remember going to... Um, Beacon 
uh, church in Oak Park, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Uh And then they merged, when I was in about middle school, they merged with uh, Unity Temple um, Congregation in, uh, also in Oak Park. So, but yeah, it was great. I I loved having that opportunity to do that. And I I remember going to high school cons, for example, and, and being connected with other people my age. Unfortunately, some of the people that I, um, at least unfortunately in that they're not around, I haven't seen them much, but some of the people that I had uh, Sunday service with that were my peers growing up, uh, for whatever reason, they either practice Unitarian Universalism in their own way or they have gone and done other things. But some people have been around, but I've been a steady steady person in in Unitarian Universalism faith and my connection to it. So I'm certainly excited to have that um, opportunity and to be a part of it and to be where I am now in my life. Cool. And uh, what do you do? You do anything inside of your congregation at all now that's uh, that you're active in? Well, that's- well, well, that's a great question. My situation is very unique. And actually, um, for the last few years, I've been teaching abroad. Oh. And so I'm not uh, a member of a congregation, um, but I teach in China, in Eastern China. So, um, so this year will be my fifth, and I'm you know hope, looking for ways to kind of bring faith to me, and you know certainly podcasts or uh, services and other things are a way to, to do that for yeah. myself. Yeah. Have you been listening to me in China? Are I have. Are you my listener? <laughs> I haven't, but I'm, you're gonna have a plus one very okay, soon. Okay. Good. So. Good. Yeah. Well, I will. And, and, you know, it was interesting because I went, when I entered China, I was searching. You know, I searched for some. And the only thing I could find was in Hong, is in Hong Kong. And in okay. Hong Kong, they have a society. And I, I don't know how often they meet or that sort of thing. But um, Interesting. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. All right. And uh, so you're teaching in China. I am. And what are you teaching there? I teach English language subjects. So I work at a, an international school. And okay. uh, last year I taught fifth grade. Okay. Now, how did you end up getting to go over there? Well, you know, it's, it's a neat little story. My, my buddy from the uh, Chicago area, he taught in China, uh, taught English in China, and then he moved to Qingdao City is where I work. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, he invited me to go visit him, and I had an opportunity to go there, and I did. And I was a teacher also in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to take, uh, take a leap and do something different. So, you know, one thing about... The opportunity. I'm 35 years old now, and I'm I'm bridging out of this community yeah. um, as the young adult community. So this is my last opus, uh, and I've been a part of it for the last six years. I was in fact a, a member of the uh, um, the group that brought it back uh, after oh. a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, but no, going to China and this opportunity certainly I was concerned about uh, missing, quote unquote, missing out on a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in the in the old central Midwest district, they're very active in uh, fall cons, spring cons. I mean, there are also summer things and winter things. Certainly, all many, many things. Um, but taking that risk to go abroad um, was really a, a great one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, uh, it's sad to not be in physical closeness to other people in the in the Midwest, in the Chicago area, in the continent, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wherever. But. Um, that was a choice that I made, but you know it's worked out very well for me. I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously, you've been there five years. This will be my fifth, fifth year. Fifth year, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So obviously, something's keeping you there. You're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the students are great, and I think um, you know I do feel a great sense of community, and I want to create that with my students. 
Um, and I do. And I think the students there are innocent, they're sweet. Um, one of my favorite parts of the day is uh, high fives. And I, I love it. I love being a cheerleader for them. Just like I'm a cheerleader when I'm at UU events, I'm a cheerleader for them. I love compliments, uh, giving them. And uh, I love welcoming, creating a welcoming community and a welcoming space, uh, invitations. So all these things, I think that really translates um, in a lot of ways to my work overseas. Yeah, well, that's great. So like you were saying, there's UUism, is it? over there too much, is it? No, I mean, you know, the whole, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing about religion in China. I mean, it's not, I mean, not like, there are some people who, who are, do are, do have religious um, connections and some people who don't. And there are, you know, rules about churches and who can go. And sometimes they have churches, but only for foreigners or, or foreign passport holders. And oh. there are all these things. But there isn't certainly something that I would... Um, compare uh, akin to Unitarian Universalist faith there. Okay. Uh, I could create something with my friends, maybe in my own way or in our yeah. own ways, um, but unfortunately it's not there. There was a, uh, somebody from I think the Hong Kong society did have a, a list, perhaps like an online um, r roster of people who were teaching, or, or not teaching, living in China, uh, and I do remember this a few years ago, but I, I don't remember what all happened with that or if I connected with people or not, but that's something also yeah. to look into. So, you know, the thing is, one of the things about teaching in China or living in China is that, you know, it's a little different than the States in many ways, uh, but if you look for things, you can find them. You know, it's sure. a big enough city, there are nine million people who live in my city. <laughs> yeah. But I can find things if I look hard enough or I know where to go. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the same thing, is that there are people probably out there uh, who have like-minded and like spirits and mm -hmm. and or even who are just journeying like I'm journeying You know, even though if I don't find people who are namely Unitarian Universalists um, I see the same spirit in many of the people many of my co-workers and mm -hmm. and I can be the you know The same way I'm being during this this retreat for example, mm -hmm. and it's really wonderful So I, I do try to take a lot uh, naturally who mm -hmm. I am and and what I do to where I go on this world this mm -hmm. world and it's a world and that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to doing something different is that I wanted something that wasn't so plain, wasn't so easy. Um, we are a global people. We are a global community. Mm -hmm. So it really inspired me to try something different. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you fill that void then, being there? You know, I think one, one way uh, that helps for sure is communi uh, communication with my family. You know, for example, nowadays it's 2015, so yeah. Skype. Facebook. Um, I mean, there are many ways to communicate with, with my family. I've tried things like Magic Jack, where you could get a phone and you can actually connect through the internet and call, but I was having mixed results with that. So that's one thing that I do. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, one thing that really connects me uh, with my surroundings is walking. Uh, in, that, in the city, it's great because there are mountains, there's a long seaside, beautiful. There's just so much. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I do that, I feel a connection with nature, a connection with community. In one way, going there, one of my favorite things to do is attend English Corner activities. Well, they are times where people, uh, many are Chinese, of course, and they are practicing or learning, uh, perfecting, or just want to learn about culture, English, yeah. English language and culture. And so I go there and I love it because I feel connected with people. I help them, which is one of uh, my big goals on this world yeah and and it's just it's just great I do feel a connection with 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 humans there so 
there are some things that I, I, I want to continually uh, challenge myself to do and also for my for my voice but you know there are some things that definitely uh, make me feel connected to to the community and the, the world at whole yeah all right well that's wonderful well let me ask you the question sure. of how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society well I think you know I think the one thing that humbles me always is when I attend not all services but many services and certainly the one um, in my home area is that it opens or near the beginning it says whoever you are wherever you are you are welcome here and I think that the inclusion factor is hugely important. Um, we are a community. We are, are a people, and I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about you know all living things. But the working together, the community, the, the mindedness, the spirituality, the openness, the accepting—all these qualities are ones that I think have will benefit all. So I think that this faith is one superbly uh, primed to do that. Uh, because of the attitudes and the warmth and the compassion. So I think to tackle issues of the day, issues that will come, um, le uh, lingering issues, even just the day-to-day -day life and existence, I think that because of these, uh, because of our strength, because of our um, you know, persistence, because of our, our hearts, that, that we have a great opportunity to do that. So I think that's that's in this moment <laughs> my yeah, answer to that yeah. question. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. So thanks for listening to the UU Perspective Podcast. And you can check out any of the show notes at our website on uuperspective.com. And also you can leave a message for me on SpeakPipe. Again, please leave suggestions for anyone that you would like to hear in the future. Thank you to Elizabeth for leaving me quite a few suggestions and we're following up on those and I'm very excited about that. So again, please leave me a message, uh, write me, email me questions at uuperspective.com and I will follow up with you on any suggestions you might have to help improve the show or to bring other guests onto the show. All right. So until next time, have a great week. Bye.